Hello and welcome everybody to the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast, episode 89. The LA Rams are world champs of the National Football League. So we're here to recap the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals and answer some key questions after the big game is over. Most importantly, for the legacy of Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, is Matt Stafford now a lock to be in the Hall of Fame after his Super Bowl winning performance? Did Cooper Cup have the best single season by a wide receiver in NFL history? And will the Bengals be back next year? Do they have a shot at getting back to the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow at their quarterback again? And lastly, we're going to make our picks our way too early 2023 Super Bowl champs. Run the music. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me out in Vegas is Matt Morris. What's up, buddy? How you doing? That was a good game, huh? That was a good game. And now we are in the pit of uh, kind of conundrum of no sports, right? Yes, basketball's right. going on, but we were on the phone today talking about how the media is starting to spin up stories because there's a list, literally nothing else to talk about, right? <laughs> James Harden trade has been talked about the Super Bowl and all its glory has been talked about for the most part. We are here today to talk about our opinions on it. But uh, the Aaron Rodgers, Denver News, you know, they're starting to get their wheels turning. It'll be nice to see some of the other stories come out of this offseason. I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for an offseason of football. Yeah, me too. There should be pretty good drama outside of Aaron Rodgers, right? We should have some pretty good drama coming out of Seattle with Russ Wilson. Are they going to kind of hash the beef out there? Or are they going to you know, go their separate ways, get a really good draft capital and future picks and players for Russell Wilson out of Seattle? Obviously, they're coming out today, right? We were reading, oh, the Broncos are really interested in Rodgers. Like, no shit, obviously, right? And um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of big stories going on in the NFL. But yeah, man, we are coming into the all-star weekend this weekend in basketball. And then most importantly, bro, we got March Madness here in, I think it starts in a month from today. We're recording this on the 15th of February. So I'm pretty sure that it's just around the 15th and 19th of March is when we have March Madness. So we'll be back. I'm ready to go on Gonzaga again this year. (laughs) Well, we'll have a lot of, you know, news starting the 15th. I think the NFL free agency also starts the 15th or the 16th. Something right in that like same that. kind of window. So we'll have, you know, college basketball, we'll have NBA. We'll know a little bit more about baseball at that point, right? Whether right. the season is going to be pushed back, whether the spring spring training is starting or not. So we've kind of got this month of kind of just waiting and enjoying all the speculation and talking about things like we're going to talk about today, whether Stafford's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I was just going to say, if baseball doesn't get their stuff together, uh, maybe we'll just have to start picking college teams that we really like and start watching oh, some God. college ball because they're still going. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the game, Matt. So the Rams end up winning by three points. Their defense makes a big stop at midfield on Joe Burrow. They can't get the block on Aaron Donald. Jamar Chase burns Ramsey, but Burrow doesn't have enough time to hit him for the game. Probably winning touchdown pass on the last play of the game. But before that, you know, there was a lot of things that happened in the game that turned the momentum onto one side or the other. What do you think is your number one moment where you saw the game go towards the Rams side and move away from the Bengals? What was the play that kind of changed everything there? 
it was the Cooper Cup fourth and one. To me, there was no question about it. To have him run, you know, kind of a slight jet option, right, where he's able to pick yeah. up the, fourth, the first down. Um, you just look at that, that Cincinnati defense, and they had an incredible game the entire game. I think Luke Wilson was probably the best player on that defense, but they just didn't have enough. When you really think about it, when you really scale it back to the NFL as a whole, like we saw what the Packers were able to do to the Rams. We saw what a lot of teams were able to do to the Rams this year. And that was essentially just take away those second and third options, allow Cup to get his his targets, and he didn't he didn't beat you too badly in this game. He destroyed Cincinnati. Yeah, that fourth and one. What can you really do to defend that? Right? They, I mean, I think they had seven or eight guys on the line ready for what was presumably either a quarterback sneak or a power run up the middle. And here, lo and behold, comes Cooper Cup. And he has the momentum built up and he picks up the first down. If Cincinnati could have stopped that right there, game is over. It's yeah. done. Doesn't matter about the pressure Darnold's bringing. Doesn't matter about the coverage Ramsey's taking care of. Like, that's the game right there. And also, you scale that back you know, a quarter or two earlier when McVay went for it. I think on his 23rd, 24 yard line where he went for it on fourth and I think it was one as well. That was a very stupid call, but he converted. So I think overall, the Rams just showed their might. Yeah, they did. And in your if for the pitcher bet and everything, you said, I'm taking the Rams because the stars are going to show up and I rely and I'm going to pick the stars to win the game. Whereas I said, oh, I think the Bengals have the quote unquote better team as far as like the overall components. Um, and you were right. The stars outshined the better team because for the what, Matt, the fifth, sixth time in the playoffs. The better team did not win the game. The team that took advantage of the opportunities won the game. I think the Bengals played a better game throughout four quarters, but when it mattered most on those plays that you alluded to, the Rams stepped up and made huge plays when it mattered when it mattered the absolute most. I thought Cincinnati for the entire game actually outplayed the Rams. Would you agree with that or no? Well, yeah, and I mean, there's a few single-handed uh, components as to why the Bengals lost. One is Eli Apple. First cornerback uh, yeah, in seven Super Bowls to allow two or more touchdowns. That's incredible, first off. That means in the last seven Super Bowls, you've had cornerback play at a very, very high level, right? And Eli Apple, we talked about this before the game. We said we he's did. aggressive, right? We said if that aggressive nature um, plays to his dividends, he'll get an interception. And if it doesn't, he will get burned. And I thought, honestly, Apple played a pretty good game. OBJ beat him one-on-one -on -one coverage. Honestly, with that kind of throw, with that kind of catch, not, not a bad play. coverage. Yeah. Was, what are you going to do there, right? And then Cooper Cup at the end of the game, what are you going to do? The guy, is his ability to change direction, his ability to run his route, it's going to beat you. But if you look at the opposite side of the field, Jalen Ramsey's right there. Jalen Ramsey's on Cooper Cup. My guess, those things don't happen because he's so physical. So from an overall team perspective, like the stars – beat out the, the other guys, right? 100%. Cup beat out Apple. OBJ beat out Apple, right? Um, and then, obviously, you know, Aaron Darnold on that last play of the game, like, just pure force. Pure force. Yeah, 100%. That was all him. That was his one moment, right? He had a great game besides that, but that was his moment to put the stamp on there because me, like everyone, I think, was like, if they get this first down, if they get to the other side of the 50, if they get to about the 45, McPherson's going to tie the game. I think everyone had that feeling, right? Like that was a must stop. And that leads to my biggest play. I thought yours were great. Totally agree. 
I definitely don't think it was the holding call that was called on the Bengals, even though that's really caused a big uproar on Twitter that that lost the Bengals the game. I completely disagree. Yeah, they weren't calling penalties the entire game, but at the end of the day, they could have called it. He had his hands on him. He has a ticky tack. Yeah, is it a little soft? Sure. But he had his hands on him like it is what it is. And I don't think that lost the Bengals the game. Well, but I pr- go ahead. Yeah. And, and T Higgins got a free touchdown. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Let's not this. forget about that. Like, like he can plead blatant pass interference. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm not up in arms about yeah, Luke Wilson's. Like, it, it's trade off. It was literally a trade off. It was an even game because of both of those calls. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's it's this the human nature of, of yeah. sports and the referees who I thought had a nice day. And there was still another play after that play, which then they ended up PIing on Cooper Cup again. And look, man, like it didn't cost him the game. It wasn't the last play of the game. They had their opportunity to march down the field entire win the game. And they just didn't, which leads to my moment was the third down call, handing it off to Samaji P. Ryan up the middle, right at Aaron Donald on third and one. Worst, I thought that was the worst call I've I've seen in a long time. That's up there with one of the worst calls in Super Bowl history. Just get the first down with your guy. Go under center. If you're going to run, line it up under center. Mixon was averaging over four yards a carry. We called it, Matt. If, they, if Mixon could get it going, they could win, and he was going. How are you going to run that with P. Ryan? He had it, and Donald just grabbed him, pulled him back, and that changes everything. Now it puts the pressure on that fourth and one play, and your guys can't block Donald again. And next thing you know, you lost the game just like that when you were poised to kick a field goal, not being able to get that one yard. I think they even had second and one, dude. They were right there and not being able to convert and move past midfield. I thought that was the key was that third down call. He got cute. He thought he would surprise them. And I thought it was just so idiotic. If you're going to surprise the defense, go at anyone but Donald. Like that was so stupid to me. I thought no matter what, they were just going to go get the easy first down, but man, that was a that was a boneheaded play in my opinion. No, and I agree, and I think to your point, they got cute, right? Like, why why is Mixon not on the field? And this has been talked about the last couple of days. He was actually averaging four point eight yards per carry. He would ask for three. My expectation, if the Bengals were going to win this game, was probably realistically a four point two, four point three. I mean, if you think about that from a realistic perspective, that's a first down if he runs the ball three times right. every single time, right? Now, again, the game doesn't work like that, but I know P. Ryan is more of the power back. He's more of the third and one conversion back, the fourth and one conversion back. But to your point, we highlighted extreme weakness on that offensive line. Trey Hopkins was awful this game. <laughs> Terrible. Right. The only time that he even looked at a shell of an NFL player was when he had triple team ability on Darnold when he had two other guys to help him just touch the shoulder pads right that was earlier in the game right and you're going to rely on a what was it 56.3 something in that range rating yeah it player was bad you know to block for a third string if not street running back who has bounced from team to team with the Super Bowl on the line third and one when in reality you could run a play action right why have we not seen we didn't see very much play action at all from Burrow in this game right that is the perfect opportunity to run play action and say, fuck it, I'm going deep. Screw it, I'm going for 20 yards. I'm going for 17, right? I'm going to get us in field goal range right here, and if I miss it, I've got fourth and one. Much different concept there than just completely having this, the wind blown out of their sails because, oh my God, Darnold just made a play, and guess what? He's about to make another one on the next play. I thought yeah. that was – I agree with you. I think a couple moments in this game that changed the momentum – 
and both are mine and yours definitely were were swings, but P Ryan should not have been having the ball in his hands in that situation. Nope, not, not at all. It's it, to me, it's inexcusable, and that just shows the youth and inexperience, and in my opinion, the downfall of Zach Taylor. Right? Like, come on, man. What what did the Rams do when they needed it? They threw the cup, I think, six times on that game winning drive. You go to your guys. Yeah, like you said, go deep to chase. Fuck it, right? At least you went to chase. And then look what ends up happening, man. I thought that was, I, I think, get over the flag. I think that is where you screwed up. You can't get a first down. You can't get one yard in two plays. That's on you. That's on the coaching staff. This game, in a very different facet, had a uh, an eerie, eerie simulation to the Packers-Bucks game last year in the playoffs, where, again, the better team didn't win. Uh, the better team, you know, their weaknesses kind of showed out at the end of the game or in the big, big moments, right? Better yeah. in every other facet, really, you know, played a good game, but for, for whatever reason, just couldn't capitalize. And, and in both games, both quarterbacks, Brady and Stafford, let's not get our, around ourselves, did not play well. I don't care that Stafford led a game winning drive. That was Cooper Cup's drive. Stafford right. threw two interceptions in the Super Bowl. How, how do you win that? As a Bengals head coach, as a Bengals staff, how do you allow that quarterback to throw two interceptions and you don't win that game? It's because you're handing it off to P. Ryan on third and one. There it is. Right there. Totally agree. And that moves perfectly into our next segment here is, you know, it's been talked about a lot. Richard Sherman came out and had some pretty critical uh, responses to, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer now that he's won a Super Bowl in his first year on a quote-unquote winning team? So I've done some decent research on this. And where I'm at on this Matt Stafford Hall of Fame opinion here is is not yet. I think he's moved himself into the right direction, no doubt about it. But I don't think we could just keep giving him a crutch that he played for the Lions, right? And I think what I've kind of come to the conclusion with is, how about the guy he just played? Joe Burrow, right? Was Cincinnati a winning organization? Was Cincinnati a great team when he showed up? No, they had a losing culture and he turned it around. Not to say the Lions didn't do much to help Stafford. I'm not disagreeing with that, but let's just not ignore the fact that he did play with Calvin Johnson for about 10 years. They had average to above average defenses a decent amount of his time in, in Detroit. And the one opportunity that they went to the playoffs in the past, they, they didn't capitalize, right? I get Detroit's probably the worst franchise in all of football. And I, I will we'll put that into the, in consideration. But I don't think we can just completely ignore the fact and use that as an excuse for, okay, he had his one year in LA. He won his Super Bowl. Um, he's a Hall of Famer now. Because let's be honest, I, he didn't win the game for them. He made all the right plays. That no-look pass was dope. Don't get me wrong. It was really great. That drive was good. All the passes down the stretch were money. But it was Cooper Cup. It was Aaron Donald. There was never one time where after the game you said, well, Stafford's going to win the MVP. It was between Donald and Cup, right? He had OBJ. He had the star-studded team, and they got the job done. So that's my first point on that is, is I don't think we could just keep giving him an excuse because he was in Detroit. The second thing is it is a statistical game to get into the Hall of Fame, right? So I'm not going to compare him to guys like 
Dan Marino, Dan Fouts, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. We got to compare him to the guys that he's played in his career with because I think that's the realistic expectation and criteria to judge someone to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. We can't just go back, well, he had more yards and touchdowns than these guys 25, 30 years ago. The game is different, in my opinion. That's how I view this. So we're going to look at him with guys like Manning, Favre, Kurt Warner, right? These are some of the more recent guys to get into the Hall of Fame. And where I'm at with this is his stats are way better than Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's been to three Super Bowls, right? Lost two, won one, less time in the NFL. Obviously, Favre and Manning are going to have different stats that are way up and above where Stafford's at right now, where he obviously has a chance to get to those stats and to be in that conversation with those guys here in the next three years if he can keep a high level of play. But I think where it comes down to Will he get in? Should he get in? It depends on one man, in my opinion, Matt. That one man is Eli Manning. If we're going to lower the bar to let Eli Manning into the Hall of Fame because he beat Brady twice with a lot of help from his defense, then I think no doubt Matt Stafford needs to be in the Hall of Fame as well with his Super Bowl championship now. Because if you compare the two, statistically, Matt Stafford already has a much, much better resume than Eli Manning. Just to give you an idea, Matt, Eli Manning's at uh, 57,000 yards on his career. Okay, Stafford will hit that in the next season, season and a half. He's at 49,000 right now, and he's averaging about four to 5,000 a year in his career. Stafford has 323 touchdowns. Eli Manning, 366. Eli Manning also has almost 100 more interceptions than Matt Stafford, which he'll throw more in his career here too. But I think if that's, that's the criteria, if they're going to let Eli in, I think no doubt you let Stafford in. I think no doubt you let Phil Rivers in. And I personally don't think any of the three need to be in there. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I want to play a little game here, too. Um, cool. Who was Eli Manning's Hall of Fame wide receiver? Nobody. Uh, Nobody. I mean, he did have, I guess, none of them Plexico made it. Plexico Burris. Huh? Yeah, right? I was just going to say, but he was he's not Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, wide receiver. Right. Matt Stafford played with the best wide receiver sure. in, in the last 30 years. Jerry Rice was the, the last guy next to Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I think it's very hard to argue that, right? Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, yes, those guys are right there. I'll take Calvin Johnson, 100%. first and foremost. I'll take Calvin Johnson. I, I love Randy. And this is this will be an argument till the end of time. Who would you rather have, Randy Moss in their prime or Calvin Johnson? Calvin Johnson, no question. <laughs> um, Matt Stafford is not only not a Hall of Famer. He, in my opinion, he'd have to win two more Super Bowls. Eli Manning, well, yes, I don't want to see him in the Hall of Fame. He was Tom Brady's kryptonite. If you have the greatest player of all time enshrined in Canton, you got to have his kryptonite right there with him, right? You got to have the villain because at the end of the day, Eli won. We talk about this all the time. This is a quarterback driven league. This is a quarterback, uh, you know, enshrined league. Well, yes, Eli's defense was the main reason that Brady lost. He still had to make a few throws. And Philip Rivers, in my eyes, is more or less a better comp to what Stafford is doing, even though Philip did not make it to any Super Bowls, right? For the simple fact that you look at what what has the resume done, at least Eli's beaten Brady, right? Who did Matt Stafford go and beat? Joe Burrow? Who, what was Can the big rush? Brady? Defense? 
Yeah, I mean, he beat Brady, but Brady retired. He's forty-five years old. Like, what, yeah, I give, we, I give. You know what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. Like, there's the and a depleted team, injured all over. People taking their shirts off. That's <laughs> that is, by my opinion, not on the resume. It's really not. What was the pass rush that Matt Stafford faced in this game? Right, it was okay at times. There is not a single All Pro on that defensive line. There was n- there was nobody notable chasing down Matt Stafford. Now, you look at what Eli had to face. You look at what Tom Brady had to face against those giant teams. Extreme pass rush, right? Stafford had all day in the pocket to throw to Cooper Cup on that last drive. He had all day. He had no pressure. The defense was tired. You know, DJ Reader was tired at the nose tackle position. To me, this game means very little about Matt Stafford and his Hall of Fame credentials. It will have to be over the next five years, the Rams have to be back twice. They don't necessarily have to win, right? You know, maybe I'll, I'll retract that. that has to win three Super Bowls. If Just he can there. get them back, he is an he's a Super Bowl, or excuse me, he's a Hall of Fame candidate for me. But Hall of Fame also is supposed to be number one in your in your era or top tier of your era. If Devin Hester is not a Hall of Famer, it would be an absolute disgrace to put Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Matt Stafford in there. Absolute disgrace. You have the I best. Agree player of all time you know all time Devin Hester not making the the Hall of Fame as of right now as it stands today sure yeah I do it, hope it, that changes yeah best player at his position I'm sure is what was what you meant and, to say too because yeah, and because what you, what do you have here like you've got Brady don't forget you got fucking Breeze you got Manning and Big Ben all well before those guys in my eyes like don't just because Ben had a last shitty last yeah. two seasons his resume and his career way way outshines those guys to me that's that shouldn't be much of a debate and we can get into this on a future pod but i i totally feel you man he had calvin and then literally and we're getting to this in the next segment the guy who had the second best or second best or best season ever as a wide receiver cooper cup so i think those guys carried him too yeah who was the best it was Calvin Johnson. It was Calvin, right? Yeah. Both both players. Now you know. Yes, you can say someone's got to throw him the ball, but sure. My thing is, how many all, all pros does Matt Stafford have? A big, big fat fucking zero, right? <laughs> Richard Sherman said that today. How many MVPs? Big fat fucking zero. You're not a Hall of Famer. You like how is it? How are we even speaking about this? And we're only speaking about this because again, we're in this period the of, time moment. of thirty days where right. there's nothing else to talk about. The fact that Matt Stafford today can be considered even in the Hall of Fame conversation is a joke. And to the point of like, you know, Breeze and Brady and Rodgers and Manning, the truth is Matt Stafford is entering the era of his time, right? Baseball's 27, 28 prime, you know, running back, same thing, wide receivers, same thing. Not so much for the quarterback. Quarterback is now starting to see their prime from 31, 32 to 36, 37 because their just ability to comprehend the league and, and diagnose plays and see what's in front of them and execute is so much higher and they're staying healthy. The next five years of Matt Stafford's career are going to paint the picture of where he will be if he is in Canton. I agree. Right? Because who else is out there in, in their prime right now? It's either these young guys like Mahomes and Allen, right? And Burrow and Kyler Murray, or it's the old vet, Aaron Rodgers, right? Because Brady's gone. Stafford falls right in between those guys, and he has the opportunity over the next five years to enter into a class all of his own, right? Because he is sandwiched in between Breeze and Brady and Rodgers and Mahomes and uh burrow right it's this very weird um dianamy between what matt stafford can actually do 
And I think it's way too early to have this conversation. We have to circle back around in five years and see what the Rams have done. And did this chase for a title really put them in cap hell, which will make things challenging? That will also be uh, a test of time. 100%. I think, if, uh, personally, I think if he gets him back there one more time and wins it one more time, I, I think I, I could sit on the I could sit on my hill and argue for him to be in. But as of today, not yet. All right, well, one guy that's definitely making his Hall of Fame case a lot better, man, Cooper Cup. Um, I don't think there's been too many more harsher critics out on the internet and on the podcast world than uh, myself about Cooper Cup, saying he's a little overrated, saying that, you know, basically his season was a bit of a fluke. I'm wrong. I'll, I'm just going to straight up say I'm wrong. We don't even need to get to the stats, Matt. He did something this year that no other receiver has done in history. Triple Crown, Offensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl MVP. Even the man himself, Jerry Rice, never did it, right? Like, at the end of the day, that in itself, to me, just makes him the best receiver this season and the best single season in NFL history, no doubt, in my lifetime. And there's really nothing else you can really, in my opinion, debate about that. There's no argument. He went out there and he won the game for his team. That no look pass by Stafford was badass. Don't like, I'm not going to discredit that whatsoever. But what Cooper Cup's able to do and how he's able to catch the ball in traffic, create space, and, you know, be an elite receiver uh, is the reason the Rams are sitting here as champions today and not as losers. It's single handedly offensively because of Cooper Cup. Probably. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. It was, it was special to watch. And, um, that last drive as they're, as they're in the red zone where he gets absolutely blown up in the, end Oh zone. yeah. Um, first and first thoughts when I'm sitting on the couch watching the game is he's done. And, like they, they went out, they went for his head. This was oh, yeah. an intentional shot. And honestly, from a defense perspective, probably the right move because this guy just torched you and this guy's going to beat you. Uh, if you look at the rest of that team, Stafford wasn't going to anybody else because it wasn't no. working, right? OBJ's out with the torn ACL. You know, everyone else is just honestly getting beat by their man. And I think the mistake, the really big mistake, uh, was not putting Awuzie. I think that's how we yeah. Now I think that's finally Awuzie. Yeah, yeah. Awuzie, right? On Cooper Cup, I know he's a bigger, slower corner as opposed to Apple, who's much smaller and has the uh, agility and change of direction ability, but. Cup just had his number, and Cup has everybody's number. I think that's sure. what you look at this season. Yeah. We've talked about his ability to run routes, his ability to create separation. And the best coverage I saw all day on Cooper Cup was from Logan Wilson, the middle linebacker, right? Like, yes, on that to me, that it wasn't a penalty, call. yeah, right? All he was doing was positioning himself. That was the best coverage on Cooper Cup all day, and it worked 100%, but, it, but it didn't, right? <laughs> um. And and that is, I think, Logan Wilson came out, or I think it was Logan Wilson. It was a middle. No, it was Patrick Willis came out, and he said, you know, I think it's disrespectful to say that uh, middle linebacker is a mismatch on a on a wide receiver. Yeah, because you look at kind of the the overall season of what Cup has been doing, and he's just been taking slot Tearing corners to the, the house, man. And, and yeah. you think from a defensive coordinator perspective, like, oh, you know, the, the slot corners is the most agile player on our defense. We've got to pair him up. Hasn't worked. So what Cooper did this season is absolutely magical. It was as much as I dislike the Rams um, yep, and I'm not same. super stoked that they won this Super Bowl. I have a lot of respect for Cooper Cup. 
And what I can imagine um, in years down the road, Cooper will be uh, imaged as a guy that probably in every other classification gets hurt in every season. The Randall Cobbs, right? The Debo Samuels, the guy that gets the ball so much through volume. Eventually, he's out two or three games. Sure. And it's not the same. Cooper didn't get hurt. He caught how many passes this season, led the league in receptions, led it in yards. And then, like you said, won the Super Bowl MVP. This this game goes to Cooper Cup, and I'm not a big believer in giving one season a nomination into the Hall of Fame because I think the Hall of Fame is yeah, an overall Yeah, for sure. I totally career. agree. Yeah. But if there was one season where a player played above the field at such a high level with a finish to win the, the most important trophy in all of sports, right? Cooper Cup did it. Yep. If if he does if he goes on to have, you know, two or three okay seasons or a couple more good seasons and then is just all right, I would bang the drum at the end that, hey man, that one season was Hall of Fame worthy and that that should be enshrined because he was the best player on the field all season. Hand him the jacket. No, nah, dude, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I hated no one likes admitting when they're wrong, right? It's human nature, especially kind of the shit that we do. We're on podcasts, we like to voice our opinions about being right, being wrong. Um, that's one thing I'll, I'll hang my hat on probably forever how wrong I was about Cooper Cup and the ultimate disrespect every single game from how, how do you have him one on one at the end of the game? Teams completely disrespected him up until the final moment of the Super Bowl and he just made everyone pay week in and week out 100% man Cooper Cup uh, best season by a wide receiver I've seen in my lifetime I'm about 30 years old so no doubt about it. The best one I've ever seen. Um, the only one comparable is Jerry Rice, who is arguably and goes down in history as the greatest wide receiver to ever play football. And to be in that conversation is incredible. So shout out tip of the cap to the Rams, to Matt Stafford, to Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. Um, yeah, Matt and I, for you who listen to the pod, obviously we're not really Rams fans. We root for the Packers. But at the end of the day, you got to give credit where credit's due. And they kicked ass this entire postseason. They were the best team in football this year. Plain and simple. It is what it is. They got the job done. So congrats to the Rams. Moving on to the team that lost the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals. So we want to discuss a little bit about what's next for them. I think the obvious thing, and everyone knows, is they got to get that offensive line figured out. We knew that coming into the season, into the playoffs, and then into the Super Bowl is that they have a they have a glaring weakness and it's that offensive line. So outside of the offensive line, Matt, and their issues, do you think Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and the boys actually have a realistic chance at just getting back to the Super Bowl? Because a lot needs to bounce your way to get there. Their number one priority, as you said, needs to be that offensive line. Two A needs to be signing Zadarius Smith, number one. Hmm. They need like a that. pass rush. They absolutely need a pass rush. We just spoke about in our last segment how Cooper Cup had the greatest, you know, single season uh, Super Bowl, all of it together. You know, the, the last one that stands in my mind is Randy Moss when he played for the Patriots. What happened in that Super Bowl? Brady yeah. didn't have any time to get Randy the ball. There was no time. You had Strahan and Tuck on his ass the entire game, right? And that was what I had said earlier in, in the show today was that there wasn't as much pressure in this game as I would have liked to see because they just don't have the bodies. Cincinnati needs to sign Zedaria Smith. I think it's a foregone conclusion. The Packers will be cutting him. 100%. And he will probably be playing at a very big discount because he did just have back surgery. Didn't play much this year, right? 
Cincinnati, I'm not fully certain on their cap situation. I mean, they're playing with a rookie quarterback. They've got to have some money to spend, right? right. Draft some offensive linemen, sign off some offensive linemen, and signs at Area Smith. Because as it stands right now, they lost this Super Bowl not because of that offensive line truly. It was because of a lack of ability to force Stafford to throw the ball to people other than Cooper Cup. 100%. It doesn't matter if you double-team Cooper Cup when you've got all day to throw him the ball. His ability to run routes, his ability to get open is going to shake off two defenders and Stafford can throw to him. If you've got a guy putting pressure on the edge, unlike, uh, was it Hendrickson? Is that who we yep, saw? Hendrickson, yep. Hendrickson continued to push Wentworth outside of the pocket as opposed to pushing him inside the pocket. And twice the Cincinnati Bengals were actually able to capitalize on that because their interior defensive linemen were able to sack Stafford. But throughout the rest of the game, I was saying, push, push Whitworth in, push him in, push him in, force Stafford to roll out of that pocket where he's not as comfortable. And it wasn't able to happen. You need a guy that can spin. You need a guy that can do a straight bull rush. And Hendrickson is nice, but you've got to pair someone with on the other side because at the end of the day, there just wasn't enough there. I think the Bengals, 2A priority needs to be pass rush. If it's not Zadarius, bring somebody else in because you're not going to win a Super Bowl without a rush. Hey, I love that, man. That's actually a really uh, valid point because the pass rush is almost more valuable than having good defensive backs. Look at the Rams. They're a prime example, right? If they don't have that pass rush, they lose that game. Ramsey fell down, slipped on his ass, right? Chase beat him. And they, they lose that game if Aaron Donald isn't in his face if Von Miller isn't playing the game that he played. He played really well, too. Um, my big thing, too, and you brought that up in your point, is they have a three-year window now with this kind of free money, I guess you can call it house money, on a rookie deal with Chase, one last year with Higgins, and then obviously with the big guy, Joe Burrow. I think Mixon maybe has one more year on his rookie deal, or it's up no, they, right now. Uh, I they know he's probably right extended there. him. They extended him. Okay, so they already got Mixon taken care of. Ten a year, of. I think, yeah. So, And that's probably for, let's assume, another three years, I would assume, right? Something like that. There's no way it's longer than that with a running back. So where I'm going with this is they have a three-year window, right? And we've noted this on the pod is the AFC is the tougher division right now. And in my opinion, it's going to have hungrier options. And what I mean by that is we got Josh Allen, right? And we'll get, we're going to get to who's going to win the Super Bowl next year and where the odds are right now. Um, we got Josh Allen. We've got Mahomes, who should have beat them the game before in the conference championship. Don't forget about Lamar Jackson. We've got Lamar Jackson, right? And then it's, you know, kind of a crapshoot from there. But those three guys at the top with Burrow. Jackson's in his own division. I don't know, man. It's going to be really, really tough. Tennessee will always be there, but I think unless they get a better quarterback, I still like Cincinnati more where I just don't see them getting back to the Super Bowl in this three-year window where this is the optimal time to make your run. And my comp to this situation is Russell Wilson in the Seattle Seahawks, right? Russ Wilson got real close to the Super Bowl, made it, they won it. Went back the next year, lost to New England, and look at where we are. I don't know, what was that? We're six years removed from that. Marshawn Lynch didn't get the ball um, interception by Russell Wilson. And they're not close. The Seahawks are dead. We're talking about Wilson maybe leaving Seattle, right? And I think that's exactly what might happen to the Bengals. I think they need to get back here in the next three years, or they might not be able to get back ever again because it's not easy in the NFL. Well, and you bring up really good points with Seattle, right? That was the fall of the Legion of Boom, 
right? You had a hundred percent. You had the rush line kind of break off. You know, you had some guys that were elevated based on other players on that defensive package. You had the secondary with Chancellor's injury. You had Sherman kind of fade out of his prime. Uh, you had their secondary corner get released. I think the following season that because he just wasn't living up to expectations. A lot of a lot of pieces falling apart there with with Seattle. Um, I think again, this might be a personal bias, but leaning on the Packers' 2011 championship. And that is a, that is another different window than the Bengals, right? Aging players, free agents, lack of performance. But in this league, I think the Packers 2011 team is, is most capable to the Bengals because you have two directions here. You can say, oh, you know, damn, we like the Packers won and may have not have been as hungry, but they haven't been back. And that roster has been as good, if not better than 11. How many 100%. years in a row now? And I think what we've seen from Green Bay is this, now this fear mongering of failure. So how do the Bengals feel after this game? Do they actually take like Joe Burrow has talked about the advice of former Hall of Famers, former quarterbacks and say, hey, you know what? Don't don't soak on this. Appreciate the fact that you got to the Super Bowl. You guys are 75 to one odds going into the season to make the Super Bowl. Cheer your victories for what they were and go into next season. Continue your hunger. Feel that pride. Feel that confidence because that's what you should feel. Yep. And move forward over this three-year window with confidence. Why did they beat the the Chiefs? The, because they had confidence. Yes, Mahomes played terribly, <laughs> right. as as our boy Key uh, noted on the uh, the award ceremony. But they had confidence. They came out there and they didn't know any better. They didn't know that they shouldn't be in that position. So three years, it's going to be hard. The Bills, the Chiefs, as you know, uh, alluded to, I think are the two biggest true contenders. The Patriots haven't even been mentioned, right? We have an up-and-coming Mac Jones and the Bill Belichick team. And, yeah, there's sure. other teams that they haven't proved it yet to us, but they'll but be there. If they can find a way to fix that offensive line and get one more player on that pass rush, on that defensive line, I absolutely they can get back. You know, what did, what did the Packers over the last 10 years not do? Address their biggest need every offseason, right? Every offseason, it was just grab some stucco and slap it on and be okay. <laughs> if you can go out and spend the money on a big time pass, pass rush, if you can go out and trade a first and a third round pick for somebody crazy or trade two first and two seconds and get TJ Watt, something absolutely ridiculous, yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, they can do it. They're not going to do it if they just say, hey, OK, let's draft our guys. Let's develop an offensive line. You know, that's going to take three years before you've got a full offensive line of starters. But then Joe Burrow is probably going to be decapitated. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I do think they can make it back. I think they need to make some very tough personnel decisions because they're not they're not playing in the NFC. There's no joke here. If they're playing in the NFC, I'd say, oh, they could ride this probably way next for year. seven years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going up against the big dogs of the league. So they've got some some big time decisions to make this offseason. All right, last thing, Matt. Way too early Super Bowl predictions. We're here. We're a year away from football, and I'll give you the odds. Here are the favorites right now. The favorites to win the Super Bowl next year, Buffalo Bills plus 700. Then come the Kansas City Chiefs plus 750, the Rams at plus 1,200, the Packers plus 1,300, and then I'll just run through here. Uh, Cowboys, Niners, Bengals, Ravens, Broncos, Chargers, Titans, Cardinals, Browns, Colts, Tampa, um, and then every obviously the field. Tampa is at twenty six to one, and then the field obviously goes up from there. Who you got winning it next year? I'm gonna surprise you a little bit. 
Oh boy. I'm taking the Denver Broncos. Oh, with Aaron Rodgers, huh? Yep. I yeah. think I think it's happening. Um, I feel it. I felt it since I mean the mid mid season hack it helped. The news today obviously is you know, in my opinion, hearsay. Um I think Aaron goes to Denver and I think Aaron wins. That's who yeah. wins the Super Bowl next year. I'm starting to think a lot more with the reports of Rogers loving Green Bay, all is fine and dandy, that that's actually their way of kind of saying, hey, thank you, but we'll, we'll all move on here together. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm starting to feel like he's going over there too. My pick, man, dude, this one's tough, but I think, and, and this is this is kind of a homer pick by me, I'm picking Baltimore. Oh, I think the Ravens come back hot next year. Okay, we have I like this the is Ravens. Fun. This is this is what this is February fifteenth, twenty twenty two. We've made some very bold predictions. Twenty two to one for you, twenty to one for me. And neither of us have taken the most arguably obvious choices, which is Buffalo, either you KC. know Buffalo, KC, Green Bay, or, or Rogers, the Rams. Stays, too. Rams, right? No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think any of these. I, I I don't think any of those teams win it next year. I really don't. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in all football season. You do have your start of your run for the Tom Brady pitcher bet legacy after winning your pitcher bet on the Super Bowl. But you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, at PitcherBetPod. We'll be back with another another episode later this week. Later, guys. Cheers. Bye.